0: A lady invited some people over for dinner, and as they sat down to the table with their guests, uh, she asked her six-year-old daughter if she would say thanks, give thanks, say say the blessing for the meal. Well, the girl said, I I don't know what to say. Mom replied, well, just say what you hear mommy saying, or, or what you hear mommy say. And so the daughter bowed her head and said, Lord, why on earth did I invite all these people to dinner? Maybe that happened. I don't know. Anyway, enjoy hospitality. Enjoy giving hospitality. And those who receive hospitality in this Christmas season, enjoy it. Lean into that. It's biblical. So this Because of Christmas message series is intended to prepare our hearts for the celebration of Jesus coming into this world and to, and to help us reflect with Thanksgiving, of course, on the things that come into our lives because of Jesus coming. Last week we looked at hope, today peace. If peace were a commodity, it, it would likely be trending down these days, don't you think? Peace of heart and mind, I mean, it's, it's always been elusive to the human heart because the human heart is born sinful, disconnected from God, and so it stands to reason. But sadly, that's the case many times for Christ followers. And probably most of us experience the the lack of peace of heart and mind too many times in what life is. And there's an enemy of our souls, very true in the Bible and true from our experience, those of us who have walked with Christ for any length of time, who wants to steal God's gift of peace from our minds because, because Satan knows that, that God's supernatural peace in our hearts and minds will, will remind us that God is trustworthy. And as we trust him, the, the, the peace quotient goes up. As we let anxiety come, then, then that, that actually pleases the, the enemy of our soul who is a real entity, Satan. It's not a fairy tale. We must remember that this supernatural peace that that God does want to deposit daily, moment by moment, sometimes we have to ask Him for it, He wants to deposit it in our hearts and minds as we live in this broken world. That peace only comes through surrendering to Jesus Christ and choosing to walk in relationship with Him. We'll say more about that through this message, of course. Hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus, the Old Testament prophet, Isaiah is his name, he he prophesied, which means that he was speaking something that was going to happen way in the future. And he did this about who Jesus was as the Messiah. Hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus, he talked about and wrote about his, the first coming of Jesus. Jesus' coming again, the Bible makes that very clear. But about his first coming, in Isaiah 9-6, and most of you, even if you, you know, don't have a, a, an upbringing in the Christian faith, you've probably heard this in some way at, a, at your kid's school concert or, or on the, in the music that's played sometimes in the malls or wherever at Christmas time. Isaiah 9-6. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Why the differentiation? Very simple. Child, a reference to his full humanity. Son, capital S, Son of God. God, the Son. Reference to his full deity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Can't wrap my head around it. That's okay. He's God. I'm not. But here is Jesus. Presented by the prophet Isaiah. Child is born as to his his humanity. Coming into existence. But pre-existent in the fact that he's God. And that's important. That's important. So, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name, Isaiah writes, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. (laughs) Jesus is. Because if he's, again, if he's not God, he cannot be our eternal Savior. Because God the Father required a, a perfect, holy sacrifice for sin. And only God is holy. So Jesus, God the Son, stepped in for us. There's so much there, but we need to move on. Uh, Everlasting Father. That doesn't mean He's God the Father. That just means He has qualities of a loving Father. That's cool. And then God's Son sent into the world is given the title by Isaiah, by God through Isaiah. Prince of Peace. That's that's got a cool ring to it. I I need that in my life. I need peace. I need the prince of peace. And then uh, another Old Testament prophet, a small book near the end of the Old Testament, Micah, named after the writer who God used to to prophetically talk about futuristic events related to the Messiah. Messiah just means sent one, sent from God to save us, right? Right? So Micah 5, 2 prophesies about where Jesus, specific here, where Jesus would be born, hundreds of years before it happened. Micah wrote this, uh, you know, about Jesus coming into the world in that future time. And I don't know if he could totally wrap his mind around, but he knew God was leading him to write what he wrote. He prophesied where he'd be born, Bethlehem. Micah Again, could not have known that at that time that Mary would be pregnant with Jesus, conceived supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. And that at that time, uh, Micah, Micah couldn't have known hundreds of years later that at that time, Caesar Augustus would call for a census in the land. And everyone would have to go back to their family home to register. Yep, they had to make the trip. No online option back then. So, yeah, you had to. And Joseph took Mary Pregnant with Jesus, about to be due any time to register for the census. God and His... The timing is just so cool. And, of course, we know the story Jesus being born there. And the timing was God's. And, the, and, and this prophecy, again, just helps to... Uh, these things help to verify... That Jesus was the Savior sent from heaven for us. And by the way, there are dozens and dozens of prophecies that have to do with the specifics related to the birth and the life of Jesus the Messiah, all of which are fulfilled in well in Jesus Christ. The, the, the odds of, of, of these coming true as they did, these, these Old Testament prophecies coming true in, in Jesus, astronomical odds. Um, and it, it's a fascinating study itself, actually. Back to Micah 5, down to the first part of verse 5, it plainly says, uh, and he will, referring to this Messiah, Jesus, will be the source of peace. And then Luke 2, uh, an angel appeared to shepherds in a field. Again, many of us know this story so well, it can just kind of fly over our heads. But in, in, in the, they're doing what they do, shepherding in the field, and, and all of a sudden, an angel appears and, and, and declares to them, the Savior of the world has been born. It's interesting the shepherds shepherds mere lowly shepherds were the ones that Jesus that God chose to, uh, to to announce the birth of Jesus. I mean this is this is huge news. And it's shepherds that hear it first. I mean some might think it should have been shared first with more important people or influential people by human standards. I mean get your get your influencers on social media working to spread this kind of news. I love the way God surprises us sometimes. I love how God puts value on people who, who we might look down on or are looked down on by, by, by others in our, in our society. I think, I think there's a great reminder here about the value that God puts on all people, right? That He created equal. We often place value on, on people whether it's shepherds or whoever, fill in the blank. Maybe not spoken, but ah, something we have to watch in our hearts. Putting, putting you know, assigning a value based on what, what somebody does for work. Here's something you can do. Encourage you to do this. To display God's value to people. I try to make a habit of this little thing, and I... Uh, I think it's meaningful. You're in a public washroom, say at the shopping mall, and the person who, who works to keep that washroom clean is in the room changing the garbage bag or whatever. And you surprise them a little because you, you stop as you're drying your hands, and you, as, as I did last night at the Euler game. Sorry, Cliff, about your habs, but love you, brother. Anyway, um, you look them in the eye and you just say, Thanks very much for your hard work in keeping this room clean. And you can see their eyes, it's so it's it's awesome many times. Just you can see their eyes light up. Little what what can we do to show God's heart for people? Eh? Ah, just a little thing. But meaningful. Move on moving on to Luke 2, 13 and 14. It says that that a multitude. Of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth. What? Peace. Peace. Goodwill. Goodwill toward men. And so the gift of peace to the world is tied directly to the announcement of God's entrance into the world in human flesh. In the person of Jesus Christ. Don't miss that. You see, there's no, there's no true or lasting peace of any kind. Apart from... Surrendering our life and our world and our hearts and our minds and everything about our lives to Christ. That's why peace in between nations is delusive. It's a good goal. But without Christ as the foundation and the bullseye on the target in those talks, it's never going to happen fully as God wants it to. We hear much talk about yeah, peace in our world, and, and, and we have throughout all human history. Ever since the first sibling tension between Cain and Abel, there's been a lack of peace in relationships. Then there's the terrible life experience of a lack of inner peace in the hearts and minds of so many people who, who don't know how to receive God's peace. And again, as Christ followers, sometimes we wrestle with that. We live in a broken world, marred by sin. A world deeply impacted by the first uh, sinful and selfish choice that our first human parents made to not listen to God's directions about, about the best way to live in that beautiful garden that God created for them to enjoy. That, that, that choice, that choice they made to do what God said not to do. One, one thing, in a, in, a, in a garden that had so much opportunity, And so much that God had for them to enjoy. But they had to go to that one spot, right? I mean, you don't have to teach that to your two-year-old, do you? Evidence of the, the, the sin nature that the Bible talks about. That we inherit from our first parents. And that affects everything in our lives. At every level. In every way we see it. We live it. We know it. Relationally. Lack of peace can come so easily in the relationships we care about the most, sometimes. Hmm. And inwardly, that peace that is sometimes so elusive. According to an article entitled, Where Can Peace Be Found?, author Gary Berger of New Media Ministries says, The history of mankind is the history of wars. Through impossible, uh, sorry, though impossible to calculate accurately, it's estimated that since the beginning of recorded history, the Western world has known only about 300 years of peace. That means only about 8% of history has enjoyed peace. The longest period of peace in Western civilization, he says, was the Pax Romana, the Roman peace, which lasted 200 years. And then he points out that peace, ironically, was enabled and enforced by Rome's unrivaled military might. <laughs> yeah, interesting. The word for peace in the Old Testament Hebrew language, as you know, is, is shalom, which, which has a richer and broader meaning than how we may think of peace. It's more than merely a reference to, uh, as we often you know, use it, a, a peace of mind or peace of heart uh, or, or, or peace between enemies, as good as those things are. Shalom means literally, here it is, a flourishing life, soundness and wholeness. Some rich words. Uh, Even today in Israel, the shalom greeting is literally, may may you be full of well-being. That's cool. Shalom. Maybe you want to give that as a goodbye today the end of church. Shalom. Shalom. May your... May may you be full of well-being. I think it's accurate to say that there is a growing quest among people in the world to somehow experience that. Experience that shalom of God, that peace of God. Deep abiding peace in their lives. People try to attain it, and they always have grasping at this, that, and the other. But they try to, we see it, don't we? They try to attain this sense of peace in many different ways. Eastern religion, or mysticism, or meditation, which is often a different meditation than the Bible talks about. People turn to pills and prescriptions. They go on a quest for inner peace by escaping. Through, uh, th- through alcohol or drugs or uh, illicit, uh, illicit sex or, or even through good things sometimes like, you know, exercise or recreation. You just have to have the next adventure, the next all in a quest just to somehow settle their hearts and feel that peace that they can't even describe. The quest for peace is, yeah, significant, and diverse in our world and yet the attainment of lasting peace through such means is elusive and so once again this morning i, I just want to i want to broadcast what the bible makes very clear that there is no said it already that there is no lasting peace of any kind apart from the full surrender of our lives to jesus christ and and that's maybe where you're at you're kind of looking into this step across that line I encourage you to step across that line. Now, does that mean everything's going to all of a sudden go easy? Of course not. Jesus and peace. It's not just a thing we talk about at Christmas time, although it's that. But every day of the year, Jesus not only brings peace, he is peace personified. And so it's in knowing him that we have the possibility to live in peace. He's the the creator of the conditions that make for lasting and unbroken peace. And it all starts again with Jesus bridging the relational divide as we celebrated in communion today. Jesus Christ bridging the divide between us sinful humans and our holy God. And he alone could do that because a child was born, a son is given. Humanity, deity, deity. The God-man. Wow. So he alone can be the bridge between humanity, human beings, and God the Father. Jesus and what he did in coming into this world makes peace with God possible. Remember Micah 5, 5, a few minutes ago. Jesus will be the source of peace. It's a relational peace between us and God that's referred to here and and again available only because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so as you imagine what peace with God relationally could be, if, if you don't know the gift yet of that, as you think about the beautiful gift of peace settling in your heart and mind, just imagine Jesus Christ on the cross. The brutal cross of Roman capital punishment is what makes peace with God possible. The penalty for sin was death. Sin is that bad. It keeps us from God eternally. It's that bad. It required the death penalty, and Jesus stepped in. Thank you, Jesus. Romans six twenty three says says it this way. Paul wrote, he says, the wages of sin, the result of sin is, is death, eternal separation from God. And so Jesus took that penalty upon himself voluntarily in the last part of the verse, but the gift of God the wages of sin is death that's not good but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord what amazing gift that that peace with God is available to all who receive him and then Paul writes again just quickly highlighting some key verses you, you could take note of Colossians 1:20, that Jesus made peace through the blood of his cross it's, it's, it's here where the full experience of peace in life begins. And, and don't, don't, again, don't misunderstand. I mentioned this earlier, but that's not a promise of the, then the, all of a sudden the absence of turmoil or trouble in your life. No. If any preacher or author promises you that, they're, they're contradicting the very words of Jesus. Where Jesus said in John 16, In this world you'll have trouble. But then he added, But take heart, because I have overcome the world so stay with me, and, you, and you'll be okay. I can make it as I, as I walk with Christ, through this life and into the next that is eternal. Skip ahead, uh, Marcus, thank you, to uh, slide uh, 16. Relational peace with God is a precursor to any other type of peace we experience. And, and who doesn't want that? Peace in life's journey. A sense of peace in a journey that can be very difficult in a broken world. It, it can all too easily, life can, rob us of this, this peace that God says is available to us as we live in this world. As Christ followers, we must never forget that it is very possible to possess deep peace, even in the most difficult circumstances and in the midst of our pain. And I've heard many of you give testimony to this, and, and I've been inspired because that's a, that's a powerful testimony of, of a number of things. Uh, it's evidence of, of who God is, it's evidence of your commitment. And it's a commitment sometimes to stick with trusting God when you look around and things are crumbling in the world or in your own life. But I've heard that genuine testimony. I don't understand. This is many times how it comes to me. And some of you've heard this. You've heard this shared in your small groups and, and, and interactions with other Christians you know. And, and, and you've, many of you have said this. I don't get it. I, I would not choose to walk through this painful, painful experience. But I'm so grateful. And I don't understand it. But I've had this, this peace. This peace in my heart and mind in the midst of all, all of this. Difficulty. That's cool. And it's very biblical. It's very biblical. It's clear. Philippians 6 7. Uh, it's Philippians 4 6 and 7. The the message prayer phrase puts that familiar familiar to many of us. Uh, and, and this is so good because this is about the trade that we get to make. Trading our anxiety for God's peace. As we choose to trust. And you know what trust looks like for me? I don't know. Share with me your, your little secrets, your tips. I'm open. I'm, I'm serious. But for me, in those seasons of inner turmoil and anxiety rising and, and situations that are uncertain and whatever it is. My, I, I've never, I, I've not counted. Maybe I should in a season like that. I should keep a log. How many times it just comes out of my mouth God, I, I, don't under, I, I trust you. I don't understand that. I trust you. God, I'm going to trust. Help me to trust you. God, uh, I, may I trust you. And, and it just comes out. And God, you're, you're, you're faithful. Like we sang about this. You're able. I know you are. You're all wise. God, I trust you. And through the day, through the day, driving around, it's just, that, it's, that can be a habit that keeps peace. And yeah, it, 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 it's not easy. Sometimes I, I like the message paraphrased though of Philippians 4 6 and 7. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. And so that's prayer, just talking to God, being honest about how you're feeling, how you're thinking. God, settle my mind. God, it's racing right now. And I, I know that doesn't, that anxiety in my heart, that's not honoring to you. And so I give that to you, God. And I give that situation to you. I, I choose to trust you right now. I choose to trust you today. I choose to trust you in this season of life. And, and those words, hearing yourself talk to God that way reminds you of who God is and of His power and grace and wisdom that He wants to bring to bear into that situation. It's just so important, right? Talking to God like you would a friend who's always there. And, and many of you do that. If you don't, it's, it's, a, it's a habit. It's, a, it's, a, it's part of cultivating that daily, moment-by-moment relationship with Jesus Christ who's walking with you right? I encourage you to do that. Oh, where were we? Philippians 4, 6, and 7 in the message paraphrase. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions, which is just calling on God, right? Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Like, do you get that? It's cool. That's a cool phrase. Let petitions, God help, and praises, God, I love you. You're so worthy. You're so faithful let those things shape your worries that are real and that we all have into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Not to inform Him as if He doesn't know, right? It's about what we hear ourselves say. Uh, Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. A wonderful, it's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. If you want me to send, well, you can go, go to BibleGateway.com and you might want to copy and paste that in places where you'll see it. I love that. I love that phraseology from the message paraphrase. Earlier, I referred to our daily time with God booklet in the uh, in the prayer through scripture section of that, page 40, you can grab one on your way out, page 40, there's a prayer based on these two powerful verses, uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It's a helpful tool, and I encourage you to, to utilize that. We need to uh, keep moving here. Isaiah 26.3, great verse again. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Some of you need to hear that verse today. Some of you need to take that reference and put it on a... Yeah, I'm going to say it. Yellow sticky note on the dash of your car. Old school. Or however it is that you'll get that into your thinking. Isaiah 26.3. Take it. Take it with you. I'm going to skip down to slide 21. January 30th. close with this little story. And I want to give you an opportunity for those who have not ever yet committed their life to Christ personally. So Christians, please, please pray in these moments for people as they are thinking about the most important decision in their life right now. On January 30th, 1973, Patrice Tamal of the Dominican Republic was nailed to a cross. And this was the statement. As a sacrifice for world peace and understanding among people. Oh, six. Inch spikes were driven through his hands and feet. And he planned to remain on the cross for 72 hours, but after only 20 hours, he had to be taken down because of infection in his foot. One newspaper article reported the story used the title, uh, Crucifixion for Peace Falls Short. Brave attempt. But again, any endeavor to acquire or experience peace outside of surrendering our lives and hearts to Jesus and circumstances to Jesus, we'll fall short. That's why Jesus Christ, God the Son, I'll say it again, at the risk of being redundant, that's why Jesus Christ, God the Son, stepped into human history In the form of a human being to live a life perfectly holy and then go to the cross so that we would not have to be eternally separated from God, our Creator. What a loving thing our God has done. Establishing peace for all who will surrender to God. It's a gift. It's a gift. I encourage you, if you have not yet, it's a gift. Reach out and receive it. We know how to receive gifts on Christmas, right? take it, you unpack it, you enjoy it. Salvation offered by what Jesus did on the cross and by his resurrection as as we were reminded at communion is a gift God offers you so that you can be in his eternal family. Would you like that kind of peace that Jesus offers you in relationship with him? I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads. And Christians, I'm going to ask you to pray right now. Because there's people that may be in the midst of, of making a, a, the biggest decision of their lives. And so I'm asking you to just join in prayer for those individuals who may be in this place or, again, engaging on, online with us this morning. If you're in a place where you would say, I want to surrender to Jesus Christ. I realized that he loved me so much, he stepped in for me and took my penalty of sin upon himself. I, I just want to I I confess my sin. I want to turn from my sin. I want to ju- confess and express that I want Jesus Christ to be uh, the, the forgiver of my sin and the, the leader of my life. My, my Savior and my Lord. Don't let negative connotations of that word impact. It, he's, he's a loving Lord. He's an all-wise leader because He created you, and He loves you most. If there's anybody that would want to do that, I want you to just, in this place here, raise, raise your hand and look my way. I just want to include you in a prayer as we, as we close this morning. Is there anybody in that place of life where you're wanting to commit your life to Christ? Thank you for raising your hand courageously, sir. God knows your heart, and that's, that's so exciting. Way to go. Anybody else? If you're engaging online, there's a place to indicate the the I'm new card in the the chair pockets in front of you or or scanning the QR code and just to let us know that you made this decision. We would love to hear about it. We just want to come alongside and and help you as you establish roots in this new relationship with Christ. And so, God, I pray... You know the heart of this, of this individual that raised their hand this morning. God, may they know as they, as they express their, their heart of desire to surrender to you. May they know the peace of God in new measure. God, lead them. May they allow you to lead their lives from this day forward. Give them assurance of their salvation. That it does not come with working hard. It comes by your grace. Remind them. Remind them, Lord, of that. In this moment. In Jesus' name. Amen.